Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and ahead of our cannabis event, Cannabis Insights, on March 11th, today we are talking to Andrew Dockey. We get the, uh, the struggles, you know, from a compliance perspective. And Matthew Abo from the DA Advisory Group. Once you get the license, like a golden ticket, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want. Take someone that knows nothing about the industry and kind of educate them and connect them with people that can help them. And we're going to be covering accounting in the cannabis space. As I said, my guests today are Andrew and Matthew. Guys, how are you this morning? Good, Eric. Thank you for having us. How are you doing? Uh, I'm awesome. It is my pleasure. I'm ex so excited to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, as I said in the intro, you, you guys are best in class in this space. And so I want to start, Andrew, with how did you guys decide to go into this space? So you're, you're a CPA firm that does the things that CPAs typically do, but then you have this other layer of expertise. And I'm just wondering, what, was, what were those conversations like? How did you step into the space and then become first in class in this industry? Matt and I actually met at Ernst & Young. So we used to work at a big four accounting firm, and we were both in the audit group. And we kind of started there. And a lot of our clients, you know, being in Michigan, were a lot of like manufacturing, auto, stuff like that guys that have, you know, inventory. And so man, I kind of both started our career there and that's kind of what, you know, was our base. Um, you know, we, we started at like the top of the top at UI. It's like, you know, when someone's in college, that's, that's where they want to go. Right. Yep. And, um, but we also have this huge network of like friends and family that have like small, medium sized businesses. And, you know, they all asked us for help, but they were never something that we could do at UI. So Matt and I actually met on a job. We worked together. Um, and you know, we worked together for a little, we got along and, you know, he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I have this, you know, small project and, you know, do you want to help with it just for a friend? And, you know, we did it. Um, and it was like, Oh, that was good. And then somebody else came to me. It was also a friend and, uh, it was a, it was an attestation, you know, that was like our first thing that we worked on in cannabis. Um, so we did it and I'm like, man, there's like a huge market for this. And, you know, one of Matt's really good friends, um, one day was talking about it and he said, Hey, I'm going to start this operation in Oklahoma actually. And Matt's like, oh, you know, like, you know, we can we can help you if you need it. And um, that was kind of our first uh, taste of cannabis, you know, like, um, you know, we, <laughs> no, we, we, no we, pun intended, right? No pun intended at all. But, um, you know, we, we started working on that client in Oklahoma where the compliance was like, you know, they had some things in place. Uh, it's not like Michigan, but that was kind of the first entryway into it was that, you know, that client. And, um, you know, as time went on, we kind of started getting comfortable with, with what's important, you know, because there's there's some you know, unique things that you need to do with like the normal accounting that that you need to do in cannabis that, you know, you wouldn't think about doing in like a normal, you know, business that's, you know, not subject to ADE. Um, but, you know, after, you know, we kind of got those first two clients, we you know, just started expanding, meeting more and more people. Um, and, you know, finally, when we were uh, decided to take our firm and, you know, do it full time, you know, we left our, uh, our jobs and um, started getting into this, which just we just started to grow. Um, again, no pun intended on that one either, but sure. uh, we started to grow and, and uh, you know, we kind of had that background with the manufacturing and, you know, keeping track of inventory. A lot of these guys, they all have that. Um, kind of having that knowledge is really important when you're approaching, you know, clients that are in cannabis. Well, and as new as this industry is in the United States, I imagine there's a ton of clients that come to you that really don't have a full grasp of what this is going to entail. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a mix. You know, some of some of them come and they have like a clear plan of like, hey, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. I want you guys to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then some will come to us and say, Hey, I I, I want to get into the industry. I have, you know, 
sort of a plan, but can you guys walk me through? Can you guys connect me with, you know, attorney? How do I apply? Um, you know, what, what are my first steps with, um, you know, with the application? What are my first steps when I'm actually operating? When do I call the CPA? Like, when do I need you guys? And usually I'm like, call me as soon as possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, the, 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 it's kind of a mix, you know, and, and some people are already in it and they kind of took the path of using their, you know, traditional CPA, some guy that was handing, handling their other businesses. And, you know, we get into it and we're like, okay, you know, they were kind of on the right path, but there's some things that, you know, might've been overlooked um, because that person was never exposed to the cannabis industry. One of the things about the industry specific to Michigan, and, and obviously this will, as this rolls out across state by state by state, these will be a finite resource. So not everybody gets to be approved to do this. And so yeah. if you guys could sort of jump in, A, what sort of things should people be concerned about or understand are the pitfalls of opening a dispensary or anything in the cannabis space? And two, what sort of things can they do to put their best foot forward to make sure that they do get the things they need in order to open up? You know, some pitfalls are, you know, when people are getting into the industry, there's some things that they overlook. Um, you know, a, a lot of it is driven by, you know, fin like financially, like, you know, there's 280, you're paying more taxes. Um, almost everything that you're doing is, uh, every service that is being provided is 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 a premium almost, like charge at a premium, you know, banking. Not every not every bank is going to support cannabis right now. And, you know, if they, if you do find a bank that is, you know, there's a handful of them that we work with and that we know, um, you know, there, there's a premium on how much it costs. So a lot of times people are laying out their projections and, um, you know, whatever, however much money they think they're going to make. And a lot of times, you know, they overlook a lot of the, a lot of those things that, you know, um, they wouldn't think about because they, they're just used to their normal business. Um, so that, that's one we like to try to get up in front of it and say, Hey, you know, just so you know, you guys can't deduct rent on your taxes or like, you know, things like that. Like typically, you know, um, there are ways, you know, around and that's where we come in and try to educate people on, on where are ways you can save and um, what are some things that you can do to kind of, um, you know, mitigate some of those premiums that are a result of this industry. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where we come in and we try to add as much value as we can. What people should know on uh, getting in the space, you know, I, I don't think people really know what it takes and I think it, it depends by state. We look at Oklahoma and, you know, it costs 2,500 bucks to obtain a license. So, you know, getting the license is easy. It's easy to get into the space. Um, but then it comes to the point where, you know, it's saturated, you know, every other corner, there's a dispensary, just like a pizza hut or something. And, um, and, you know, people open up shop. They don't know, you know, what does it cost to get your inventory running? Um, you know, that costs money, the build out. Um, and then, you know, do people like your product, uh, you know, that's on the dispensary side. And then as far as growing, are you growing good product? Do you know how to grow? Uh, do you know how to process and you have those resources to get a master extractor? So there's so many pieces that I think someone needs to sit down and say, hey, you know, um, do I have this experience? And if I am an experience, where can I go? And there are a lot of resources. And uh, Andrew and I have made many connections of people who I mean, this is what their job is to, to take someone that knows nothing about the industry and kind of educate them and connect them with people that can help them. And, uh, you know, that's what I think the most important thing is. And, um, you know, as far as you know, like you said, some, some of these licenses, specifically in Michigan, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a, a special resource. And uh, it's like, you know, once you get the license, like a golden ticket, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want. And um, I think it depends on city by city. So some cities are, it's a raffle, you know, you, everyone applies and uh, whoever, you know, they draw the name out of hat, whoever gets it, you know, they, they, they win the, the license. And then you have other cities where it's merit-based. So, you know, depending on, you know, are you going to improve this plot of land? Um, what value are you going to bring to our city? 
Um, so that's very big. Then you got to think about, okay, you know, what are the things that I need to do to, to win this license? And um, I think part of it is, you know, someone that's already had this track record, um, our potential could be more favored than someone else. Uh, and so I think there's also that to consider someone that's starting off, you know, that hasn't had any experience in the cannabis space. It's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more tough. Uh, you know, if you have investors, um, I think capital is a huge thing. And Andrew kind of touched on that is, um, you know, do you have the capital? A lot of people, you know, don't have two, $3 million they can just throw around. Um, it's, it, it takes a little bit more. It's finding those investors. And, you know, Andrew, like Andrew mentioned also is, you know, banking is a, is a big issue. And so some of the things they don't, they don't want to give you a loan. So then the only option is to find an investor, you know, to scrape up some money. And if, the project goes south, you know, then, uh, you know, all, all your money's gone. So I think that there are a lot of things that need to be considered before jumping into the space. Um, and then, you know, there's also kind of the tax side of that. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think people have a misconception where normal business, you know, you have your, your sales, your costs of the goods that you're selling, and then um, all your other operating expenses, like Andrew said, rent, utilities, um, uh, you know, repairs and maintenance, those types of things. Uh, normal business could deduct those types of expenses, but because cannabis is still federally illegal, um, those, they call them below the line deductions, they're not available. So it's kind of, you know, your sales minus the cost of the product uh, gives you your gross profit. And that's what you get taxed on. All the other expenses that you incur are, are disallowed. So you could take a loss of 100000 in a month or in a year, and uh, but still the IRS wants to tax you on half a million dollars that you made in your gross profit. Um, and so, you know, that caused a lot of people to uh, potentially go bankrupt. And I think that's the, the biggest risk. And, and you see that the most difficult for dispensaries um, because in accounting, it's, it's, you know, what you buy your product for, that's what you sell it for. And uh, that's your gross profit where you're, if you're a manufacturing um, business where it's a cultivation facility or processing facility, uh, it's a little bit different. You can uh, do cost accounting, um, and that's kind of where you said that, you know, where manufacturers, this is the type of accounting they do, where you capitalize, and that's taking some of your costs like rent, utilities, grabbing that, and then putting it into your um, inventory, essentially, and then that way your cost of the goods is a little bit higher. Yeah, those so, guys have a little more of an opportunity to, um, you know, increase their costs of goods sold. So, Andrew, let me ask you a question about how much time are you two working in this space? Because clearly, you know your stuff, right? You know, you've, you're have you recognized as one of the best in the country in this space doing what you guys do. How much day-to-day -day are you spending in the space? Because as Matthew was just rattling off those things, that feels like you're trying to do accounting while in quicksand and dodging lava Balls, right like it's this dance yeah. where you're like this rule is changing over here this one's staying still let's move over here so what is it like day-to-day -day working in this space um it's a lot of learning i mean honestly even even now like you know being in it for you know as long as we have there's still things that we like learn every single day um and you know it's a, it's a lot of collaboration between us a lot of collaboration between us and you know other attorneys and other cpas and um and our clients you know coming you know to a good understanding of what the processes are for each one of these operations and trying to find like, you know, what's the best way to go about something and a lot of researching, um, you know, we, we do spend, you know, a lot of the day researching, you know, whether it's tax laws or just compliance, you know, like, cause we, you know, we have clients in Michigan, but we also have clients out of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, you know, constantly looking at, Hey, what is the rule? Um, you know, what's changing? Like even for, you know, in Michigan, for example, this just came up yesterday. Um, it, you know, someone was asking us a question and they're, they're doing an application and it was for the attestation. And um, part of the application, you need a CPA attestation on, you know, 
your financial position. And, um, you know, they threw out a number and Matt and I knew like, like, like the rules changed slightly and we're like, Oh no, actually now it's only this. Um, and, um, you know, it, it just, that just comes with us just literally doing it every day and being in it every day, you know, having constant conversations with like the MRA and, um, you know, calling them like, Hey, you know, what, what are your guys thoughts on this? And, uh, I think at this point they probably, they're probably annoyed of us, but we appreciate <laughs> them p- picking up the phone all the time. Um, you know, some of their analysts and they're, they're great. You know, it, it's, it's an ever changing industry. So like, you know, we get, you know, we get the, uh, the struggles, you know, from a compliance perspective, you know, we're reaching out to them. Um, Cause you know, we reach out and sometimes they won't have the answers. And I mean, there's just so much to know. There's so much, you know, uh, there's so much information out there. And sometimes, you know, it's just, you have to sit and really figure out what's the best answer. And director of Brisbane once told me that this industry specific to Michigan moves very, very fast and very, yeah. very slow at the same time. Um, which, yeah. you know, which makes it difficult to kind of navigate <clears throat> through uh, because everything's changing and everything's sort of not going as fast as you want it to. Right. For sure. Uh, so I want to ask you two guys, as we're sort of wrapping this up specific to Michigan, what do you guys think is the future in this state? Cause as I said to Matthew, before we started, it very much continues to feel like Michigan and Colorado are leading this yeah. industry as to where we're going and where we're going to end up. And so I wonder with your point of view, what do you think is going on in the state and where are we going from, you know, from the point that we started in this to where it is now, you know, it's come like a long way, you know, from a compliance perspective and just seeing the amount of businesses that are out there that are in cannabis. Um, and not just, you know, not just like one store, you know, businesses, but actual like whole like enterprises, you know, like they have 15 locations or, um, or they're vertically integrated or whatever, you know, people are getting really organized and really, um, um, you know, some of the projects that we see are, are truly like impressive. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of, you, you nailed it there that Michigan and, you know, Colorado are, are very ahead from, uh, you know, the way that they're doing it. And from a compliance perspective, you know, I think, um, you know, there is a lot that goes into it. Um, but I think that's kind of why, you know, Michigan or Colorado are kind of set apart from these other states, like, you know, Matt was talking about for, um, you know, Oklahoma, so easy to get in, you know, with, with, you know, you can just go in, you pay, you know, a few thousand dollars for your license and you're, and you're basically up and running, you know? Um, but that's not, um, I think for the sake of the industry, I don't think that's a sustainable way to go about it. And I think eventually, you know, once it does become federally, you know, legal and um, which, you know, I, I think will happen at some point. I don't think it's going to be in the next two or three years, but maybe the next, you know, four or five, 10, something like that. But I think it's going to take the path of same thing as like alcohol, you know, you know, you need a license and you need, you know, there's a place and time for it. Like if I show up at work and I'm having a margarita, people are still going to, so they're going to look at me and be like, Hey, what, sure. you, what the hell are you doing? Yes. You know? um, Even as the partner. Yes. You yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Exactly. So that, that whole thing with the, you know, the stigma of cannabis, um, you know, I think will, it'll still be there, but it'll be there the same, the same way that alcohol has a stigma of you can't drink at, you know, 11 AM or whatever. Right, right. So, um, but I think the way that Michigan is going from, uh, you know, just the industry and um, the growth and, uh, you know, how much impact it's had on, you know, the, the you know, the state um, from a financial perspective, everything. Um, I, I think Michigan is doing a great job. And, you know, I, I can see other states that, you know, take the rep route similar to where Michigan is, you know, kind of try to or hope I would hope that they would copy this model that we have. Matthew, I, I want to throw it over to you because Andrew just said the word that I, I wanted to kind of end on is the stigma around the industry. You know, they you're sort of need to be in a green zone and, you know, I don't want a dispensary in my neighborhood and that sort of thing. 
And as this gets more normalized, what is your sense on that stigma sort of dropping off? I think the stigma has slowly already started to to drop off. Um, so my my family, my parents are foreign, you know, and so they're they're very against cannabis, you know. Uh, and, uh, obviously, you know, I'm going to partner and our firm specializes in cannabis. So, uh, it's funny cause they're, they're very against me getting into the industry. Like, Oh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bad thing to do. And, uh, as time went on they're now they're kind of like accepting it, you know, it's, it's, it's always not that big of a deal. It's going to become normalized. They've accepted the fact that over time, this is going to be a commodity like liquor. Um, it's going to be treated the same way. And I think you're starting to see it. Um, I think as long as it's federally illegal, there will be that stigma. Um, and until the veil gets dropped, uh, I think that's when people will become more comfortable with it. Um, and Andrew kind of mentioned over time, I think that um, you see these larger enterprises and these, you know, um, wealthier individuals that are getting into the space that have, you know, these other investments and are into other um, businesses that are, I think, well reputable getting into the space. And that's when I think that people are going to accept and say, okay, you know, this makes more sense. Um, you know, and then you have the side of it that it's, uh, it's a medicine, you know, people are looking at it as a medicine, it's, it's recreational. And uh, I just think over time that that will become uh, less of a stigma. So last week, there was a story that was out that the Wrigley family is getting into the cannabis yeah. beverage industry. And so my last question is, on that note, do you think that might be the path to normalization? So we go in reverse, so it'll be cannabis beverages to gummies to smoking, like that might be the way this becomes federally normalized? You know, I saw that, and I, you know, that, that, you know, was a curveball for me, too. And, uh, and I think you're right. It's something along those lines. And I think it's more so um, the name that comes with it than, than necessarily the product, um, you know, kind of like Matt said, and you just, you know, you just said, you know, if you see that, you know, Wrigley or, um, you know, these well-known companies and brands are investing themselves into cannabis, um, then it, it kind of gives a more sense of comfort, you know, and it, it gets people more on a, okay, this is a normal product. It, it, it's not something bad. It's not something that should have a stigma. Um, and I do, th you know, you're kind of like you said, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of different products that, you know, ease people into the market. Um, and then eventually there's, you know, some of those will stay, some of those will go. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of different par uh, products on the market, you know, whether they are like gummies or drinks or whatever they are um, that are more available to people. Um, and it'll, it'll, you know, there's going to be some, you know, they can test the water with things and, you know, maybe, you know, with some of the gummies and things, I can see it being like, you know, them kind of peeling back on how they did with like jewels and how they marketed it really hard and younger people were getting into it. So that's something I can see maybe get really popular and then maybe like come down. And, um, but like, you know, only time will tell with, with, with these things. And, um, but I think the biggest driver, um, to normalcy will be getting those bigger, more established brands in it. And, um, just having like an organized market out there versus, you know, this market that, you know, the people that think the stigma and, you know, they, they, look at the cannabis industry, like, you know, people are, you know, selling drugs, uh, you know, drugs or whatever, sure, kind of sure. like, you know, um, but I think, you know, having those, you know, these bigger, more reputable, reputable brands will uh, kind of bring, you know, bring to light what the, the industry really is and, um, you know, kind of take that stigma away slowly. Andrew, Matthew from the DA Advisory Group, thank you so much for the time today. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Appreciate you uh, having us on. Thanks, Eric. And there they go. A big thanks to Matthew and Andrew for joining us today on the podcast. And don't forget, March 11th, brought to you in part by the DA Advisory Group, our Cannabis Insights event, your chance to get a leg up, an inside track on what you need to know if you're opening, looking to invest, or get involved in the cannabis space in the state of Michigan. It's March 11th.
You can sign up in the show notes. And until next time, I'm Eric Hulkerin, and this is the Everything is Marketing Podcast.